Hey, man. It's great to see you. Likewise, uh, man. It's been a little while. Yeah. Um, chatting with Lincoln Barr, an old friend, uh, great musician, singer-songwriter. Um, and yeah, just wanted to chat with you today. Um, it's been so long since we've chatted, but um, for me, I just revisited your all your solo stuff. Oh, thank you. And it it didn't disappoint at all. Like I remembered it being unique and intimate and thoughtful and engaging. I mean, it draws me in. Like I, from the first song, it's just like, I'm just immersed in that, the world that you've created. Hmm. And then it just takes me seamlessly to the next song. Anyway, I, I you know, I'm a fan. So I'm, <laughs> thank you. Excuse the gushing, but, uh, but for me, I, the, the interesting thing for me when I talk to people, artists, is like, I just kind of want to go back and say like, okay, you know, you, you create this beautiful music. Like, mm. what are your influences and how did you get into music initially? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting for me because I didn't grow up in a musical family. Um, there were it didn't have that model for me very much or any sort of creative practice. Uh Um, My dad is sort of, he's kind of fairly high-minded kind of intellectual guy, but, Uh and my, and both of my parents appreciate, you know, music and they've, they've been encouraging to me and in their way. Um, But (laughs) You know, how I decided, like, this is the thing for me is a little bit mysterious. I, 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 do, I remember being pretty young and seeing people on television or something playing music and and thinking, that's what I am, right? And yeah. having no basis to uh, on which to, to, to stand there, right? And, and to say, like... I, the, this is something that I could do. I I didn't have any training. I, I just some something. It was intuition, I suppose. Right that, that that was that was the way that I would go. And I did grow up in a pretty religious uh, household in a mostly in and around like the Pentecostal church. Uh-huh. And music is a pretty big part of the services there. There's a lot of sort of uh, charismatic uh, and and. Uh, Holy Spirit uh, driven uh, kind of revelry and um, and so that did give me an opportunity once I started playing guitar it gave me a sort of sanctioned uh, environment in order to 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 start playing you know music with other people and learn a little bit about that but at the same time so there was that there was the whole church thing and I, I did have some more distant relatives that played music in church that I remember seeing pretty young. And only recently have it, it has it occurred to me like, oh, maybe maybe when I saw them do it, it, it made me realize that it could be possible for me to play too. But then, you know, I was growing up in um, kind of all over the Mississippi River Valley, but uh, mostly northwest Mississippi and uh, and southeast Missouri. Um and at the, at the time that I was starting to play guitar, 13, 14, 15 years old, this was the heyday of Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all all that stuff. And got so it. that's what a lot of my peers were, were, were playing. And when we got our first guitars, when I lived near Memphis, um, that those were the things that we were learning. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what, if there were specific if there was specific music or artists that got, that drew you to the guitar, 
And it, I mean, it sounds like what was that pretty much it, or, or was it? Or did you see like when you were when you were young and you were seeing these you know musical acts on TV or something? Were there specific people that you were drawn to, or was it just kind of this overall? Oh, musicians! I kind of identify with that. I, that's what I am. Or yeah, I think it was more vague than that. It wasn't necessarily just about the guitar, at least not in the beginning. Um, it was it. more of, of the sort of whole package and presentation that something kind of kindled something in me. But, you know, one of the first band that I remember really loving, kind of be, before I ever played music um, play, or got a guitar, was R.E.M. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I remember being, you know pretty young 10 or 11 or something like that and i think that was when uh out of time came out and you know and that was and the losing my religion video was on television and there was something that about that that was mysterious and and uh and inspiring to me and so that that's a band that that's probably the band that i've been a fan of for the longest time now so over 30 years at this point um, and still love those records um, yeah. a, a lot. But and that was before I kind of got into like the kind of harder uh, alternative rock and things like that. And then, you know, pretty quickly, once I got a guitar, though, I got into Hendrix and uh, Miles Davis and uh, Allman Brothers Band was huge when I was a teenager. Cool. Um, so, you know, kind of spans all the, you know, manifestations of, of great guitar playing. And it was pretty much all about the guitar for me for from age 13, 14 to 18. And I think around the time I turned 18 was when I started to seriously think about singing and writing songs. That's very cool. Yeah, R.E.M.'s a great bit. That, that was a band that really hit me hard was R.E.M. back when they came on the scene. College radio was big and... and um, local stations here were playing them the heck out of them. And, um, it's just so such I, a unique take on songwriting. Oh, I mean, yeah. to this day, it's like I don't. There's nothing really that. Where did that come from? Right? You can and take little up. little bits and say like, oh, that kind of sounds like the birds, or that sounds like this. Yeah. But the way that they, they I mean, it, a true band. You know. Oh uh, yeah. You know, like it wasn't just a, a, a front person's vision and then supporting musicians. Everybody, you can you can really hear what everyone's bringing to the table. It's yeah. really yeah. great. I love that. Well, was it um, your exposure to this music? Was it through radio? Was it through records? Was it through, you know, how, how was this coming into you? Yeah, it was mostly through radio in the beginning. So when I when I lived in Horn Lake, Mississippi, which is just about ten miles from Memphis, Tennessee, it's really yeah. just across the border. Um, there was a really so this is the mid nineties, um, early to mid nineties, and I um, there was a really great alternative radio station in Memphis at that time. I think it was called ninety six X, and they played just all kinds of shit. I mean, like everything that was really popular at the time, but also a lot of kind of, um, of the original, uh, alternative rock, you know, whether that's, you know, violent femmes, B 52, stuff like that, you know, so there, so I got exposed to a lot of that sort of thing through that too, in addition to what was popular at that moment. Um, and so that's, and, and, you know, I grew up in a pretty restrictive sort of household. And so I, a lot of these things I wasn't able to actually, even if I had the dough, 
I wasn't able to go and say, I want to buy that CD or, or, you know, because there was always just some sort of reason why that wasn't appropriate. So I would tape a lot of things off the radio and, ha- and, and, and that sort of thing. And that was really it, you know, and then a little bit MTV, if I was at somebody's house and they had MTV, or maybe if I could sneak in and watch it at home, um, I would, I would get exposed to it that way. And then maybe when I, I got more into high school, then I kind of started to build my own record collection and, and, and pick up things on my own. And, and, and a lot of the music that I was into at that time was more kind of instrumentally driven. And so that, that I got by the censors that way too. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. All Yeah. How can that be? (laughs) It's just instrumental, you know, there's no, Oh my gosh. Well, that's, yeah, that's, it's cool though that you were so drawn to it that you just kind of kept sopping it up and like, so that's cool that, that kind of the underground nature of your, you know, listening and soaking it in and just, and, um, when did you say you started writing songs? Well, I remember, you know, the thing about the, those sort of, alternative rock heyday times is it did make it all seem pretty um doable right pretty feasible right you there wasn't i mean i was a 12 13 year old kid but the people that you saw on tv or whatever that were doing it it's not like they were virtuosos in most cases you know um and so i do remember my friends and i in in mississippi writing songs like at at school right you know what i mean having notebooks full of just like horrible poetry and that sort of thing and i definitely participated in that but it was nobody ever played these songs you know (laughs) so they weren't really songs they were songs in our minds um and it wasn't i think you know I, i got a little bit Maybe more like 16, 17 years old, I started to, to mess around a little bit, at least in my bedroom with, with singing and, and playing guitar and kind of doing both at the same time. And But it wasn't until I started college, probably, that I I started to, that my conception of myself and what I was going to do sort of shifted from just, I'm going to be a guitar player and, and back up other people or that sort of thing into um, that you know, singing and, and, and playing my own songs was going to be my sort of primary mode. Very cool. So how did that manifest? Did you, did you go about starting your own band or did you do open mics or did you, how did, how did that kind of come about? Well, a little bit of all of it. So by this time I lived in uh, Southeast Missouri, a little town called Cape Girardeau, Missouri, that's on the Mississippi river. And that's where I went to college. And, um, there weren't a whole lot of like-minded people there. I mean, uh, it it wasn't the same as if I had stayed in Memphis, um, and it, that that you know it was clear there were there was just a lot more people in general, and then a, a, and more culture and 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 sort of musical history there as well as of course you know. But um, Southeast Missouri was was a little bit of a cultural desert. Um, <laughs> At least in terms of the things that I was I was I was interested in, there were, don't get me wrong. There were a handful of of 
great folks that were supportive of what I wanted to do or, you know, participated or, and some of whom I'm still in touch with, but it wasn't like there was a massive scene for me to plug into. I did, um, I did around, around this time I met a friend of mine, uh, named Todd Shaw, who was a singer songwriter and had actually lived in Seattle in the mid nineties and had a band and, but it was originally from the same area and he moved back. And I think, you know, he sort of modeled it for me a little bit. It's like, Oh, well, you know, Todd can do it. And I played guitar on his stuff and he was supportive and encouraging, even though there was a pretty big age gap between us. And I think I started to say like, okay, well, I, I kind of see how this is done now. Right. Like Todd had a four track, it's like, and he just taught me how to use it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can, maybe I should get one of these of my own, you know? And that's when it really started. Probably when I was about 20, I I went and bought a cassette four track and one SM58 um, and started to really work at it, you know, writing yeah. sometimes, a, you know, new songs every single day. Um, that's so cool. And uh, and that's when I, I started to make a lot more progress. I think wow. that first year or so, um, I, I probably wrote 50, 60, 70 different, you know, songs. And some of them started to, you know, the cream started to rise to the top. And pretty quickly, I thought, again, because of this sort of DIY thing that I, I I saw, whether it was Guided by Voices or Elliot Smith or other people that were making these kind of like lo-fi pop type records, I thought, okay, well, I can put a 10 of these songs together and call it a record, even though nobody gave me permission to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> so that was when I really started. That's when I started to um, put out music under the Red Jacket Mind name. That that oh, was the it, origin yeah. there. Um the in a couple years before I moved to Seattle, I put out a couple of uh, kind of four track uh, recordings, uh, compilations of four track recordings under that name. And I met our mutual friend Andy Salzman, oh. who had played drums in Todd's band. This Todd Shaw, a fellow that I mentioned, um, he was back visiting his family. He was also from Southeast Missouri, and we met. And he played drums on one of the, my four track recordings. And so we sort of exchanged info and, he, you know, I, at that time, I think I'd already been thinking about moving to Seattle when I was done with college. And so it was like, well, if, I, if you do, you know, look me up and, and we can, we can play together. So that, I, so that sort of planted that seed in my mind of like, okay, maybe this could be a real band, but probably not if I stay here <laughs> in Missouri. That's so cool. So it's it's so, it's so fun for me to hear you talk about this because I mean you and I have known each other for a long time but there's yeah. so many gaps for me in terms of like oh well you know how did Lincoln come out to Seattle and what was the whole and it's great to finally hear kind of mm-hmm. these these stories mm-hmm. you know um, but so did you have were aspirations starting to form in your mind about okay 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 I can create a record but you know were were there further aspirations like oh I want to get a record deal or 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 was it just oh, kind sure. of this organic kind of growth or yeah, no, no. I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm not, it's not, it's a source of some embarrassment for me, but, you know, I think I was always pretty ambitious about it. I think yeah. before I had any right to be, you know, I think I took I it really it's embarrassing at all. I, I kind of <laughs> love people with, with that kind of just like naive drive. Right. Like, you know, it's just like, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm, you know, why yeah. shouldn't I be able to do this? Like you said, don't ask for permission, just do it. It's right. like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that perspective. I think that that's, 
if I'm going to be kind to myself, I, I, I think I look at it that way too. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I think I took it pretty seriously from the, the get go and, and, and worked really hard at it. And yeah, I think I definitely had aspirations to, to share my music with, uh, with the people that I looked up to and see where that would lead, right? Whether it was just making awesome. connections, uh, or, you know, getting sort of, words of encouragement or or something more you know and of course it's been over the the 20 years that have elapsed since then it's been all those things right you know i've i've gotten to make records with and record and work with lots of you know musicians that i look up to i've exchanged lots of emails with people that just kind of say keep going right like that's good and then and and had I've uh, been ignored a, a lot, and I think that's everybody's experience. Yeah. But I think I was always pretty, um, pretty forthright about, you know, what it was that I was trying to do, and uh, yeah. and just kind of putting myself out there and sort of saying, "This is what this is what I've got," um, and this is why I'm interested in sharing it with you. Whether it's like you're you're making music that I enjoy, or you're putting out music that I enjoy, or just, I think you're cool and I want you to hear it. Um, I, I, I think I always was pretty um, vulnerable in, in that way of just sort of saying like, here, this is what I got. I love what it. do you think? I love that because that, that's the only way, you know, cause I'm an introvert. So, I mean, it took me a long time to kind of get to that point to reach out to people just, you know, because mm-hmm. who cares? Like, and that's kind of one of the one of the benefits, if there are any, there are few to the, the digital age is that you can't, you know, the, the distance between meeting somebody or reaching out to somebody has been reduced. Like you, That's you, know, right. you, you can yeah. find out how to get a hold of somebody, you know, not all the time, but a lot of times you can, you know, reach out to somebody. And I, I think that's just so cool because, you know, that's how you make connections and that's how you grow and that's how you, uh, evolve as an artist you know mm-hmm. or, or anybody you know is is to do that i think that's so cool it's on it's open i mean for better or for worse right like i i think i just haven't i've never really known any other way to be uh, yeah and uh it's it's opened a lot of doors for me and i've learned a lot from it too even yeah. when even through and maybe especially through the the disappointment that comes from yeah either not making those connections or not being received in the way that you want to be or, or, um, or making the connection and then seeing that folks aren't exactly what you, what you expected them to be. Um, it's still, it's all, it's all instructive, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's opened up a lot of really incredible experiences for me. Well, I love that mentality too, though, that, that you just see it as instructive and it it's not, like if you get rejected or you, you find out that somebody's not as, as you thought they were, it's, it doesn't shut you down and mm. or stop you from moving forward. And I think for a lot of people, those things do, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. like, and, and it's tough, it's tough. Rejection's tough, you know, whether you're an actor or a musician or whatever, all of, you know, reaching out, you know, being vulnerable is one of the hardest things we, we as humans can do, mm-hmm. you know, in, in any context. So I'm always really kind of heartened when, when I talk to people like you or, or somebody else that say, well, this is, this is just how I am. Like, I just, you know, I can't be another way. And, and, you know, I don't let the rejection or the, the bad experiences deter me from just kind of moving forward as, and doing what I want to do. 
which at I least not permanently. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all, you know, Sometimes we all have to lick our wounds, you know, yeah, we all have to lick our wounds. And then hopefully, you know, those of us that can carry on, we carry on. But yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask you about too, is I just, your music is so, it's so thoughtful. It's beautiful. It's, it's multifaceted. It's, and it's not like, like, it sounds like you, you know, mm. and we all have influences um, and some artists or whatever, you know, wear their influences more on their sleeve than others. Yours is just integrated so beautifully into what mm. into your voice. But but I can tell that there, you know, I think you mentioned Backrack. Oh, and, sure. And other yeah. composers that you're really, really influenced by. But are, are you influenced by other things like literature or or just other art forms that, that have crept into your style as an artist? Because mm. it's just so... It's rich and it's full of this beautiful uh, amalgamation of influences. But I, I'd love to know more about all of those influences. And, no, thanks, th- thanks, Rick. I, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't. It's not something that I get asked about very often. Uh, but I, yeah, no, I, I definitely am influenced by other, other art forms. Um, You know, and it's hard for me to say how those things actually come out in the music. You know, I can't say that I've ever, I don't remember ever sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a song about this film that I saw or this book that I read. But I'm a, a, a big reader um, and, and and have been for a long, long time. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really into to film as well. And so, I mean, I'd say that, I'm as influenced in an unconscious and sort of osmosis sort driven way. I'm as influenced by Herman Hesse or Ingmar Bergman as I am by Burt Bacharach or Elvis Costello, because I don't see how I could not be, you know, because of yeah. the amount of their art that I've consumed and gone back to over and over and over again. You know, I've read Narcissus and Goldman probably six times. <laughs> I come back to it every few years because it there, there's always something there for me. And the same with Fanny and Alexander. I watch that every year at Christmas time. You know what I mean. And and that's so cool. I know that that is that's getting in there, yeah. and it and it and it definitely has some um, impact on the work that I make. But it, but it's just because of it's a it's a different sort of format. It's hard for me to say exactly how. Yeah. But I appreciate the chance to to talk about it. I love it. Yeah. Because and 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 exactly. I mean, I, you can't just that's just what happens to all of us, you know, hopefully is, is through osmosis and, and the things we consume and, and the people we hang out with and all of that stuff seeps into our, our consciousness and comes out when we create art, hopefully in a, in a seamless way that just becomes, it's our voice, but it's informed by all these other things. But yeah, I mean, I, it, your music is just so, yeah, it, it's so thoughtful and beautiful and intimate and, and cinematic in a way to me a lot. Um, so it's cool to hear you, yeah, say that you're a big reader and, and cinema is super important to you. And well, these, I, you get that these, sense when you listen to music. These great artists, you know, even beyond sort of aesthetics, and I'm sure that there's a lot there too, but they just give me courage. Um, when, when you when you when you encounter a great work of art, whatever it is, and you see that someone has really put all of themselves into it, and you feel that, right? You intuit that. That's uh, that gives me that that makes me feel brave, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. To 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 go back again and 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 try to to put it all on the line. You know, which you have to you have to do over and over and over again. And there's a, actually, you know, speaking of Herman Hesse, there's a quote in Narcissus and Goldman that basically is along the lines of, you know, there's one thing that all good people will can share, and that's that in the end our works make us feel ashamed. And each time we have to, the sacrifice has to be made anew, right? We have to start again, and you got to make the sacrifice all over again, right? And that's not, that's not a bug; it's a feature, right? That's yeah. that's what we're doing. That's here. amazing. And that's amazing. so, that's you know, things like that they give me the courage to to carry on and to keep trying to get better and and learn and learn, you know, express myself in a deeper and more sincere way. And um, hopefully, I'm. I'm moving in the right direction. Well, dude, you are. I mean, and that that's so cool. It's good to hear you say that. Yeah, because I think that's exactly what I experience is in whatever art I create is, is um, yeah, constantly going back to try to, authenticity to me is, is mm-hmm. huge, like in anything. And so I try, as I try to be, get there as much as I can in my guitar playing. I've really, like through my guitar playing, I've tried to do that so much, like, mm-hmm. Like just you know, express yourself in a way that is authentic, and 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 you know, sever yourself—not sever yourself, but like you were saying, like let your let your influences just kind of channel through your own mm-hmm. expression, you know, um, and be. And authentic. people know, people can tell, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. thing that I has yeah. occurred to me over the last few years. You know, every few years, I feel like I get into Hendrix again. Um, and the thing about him that just blows my mind now more than anything is his vulnerability. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he is just raw and, and, and completely defenseless, right? When yeah. he, you know, when you listen to Band of Gypsies or something, they, the, the fucking pain and the Dude. ecstasy is all right there on the surface and he's not holding anything back. And that's why he's great. That's why everyone loves Hendrix, right? They may not know it that that's why they they love him, but they feel that because he, you know, he was absolutely authentic and couldn't, you know, couldn't help but but be himself. And um, I'm so grateful for people like him, right? Because they sort of, they show that it's possible. You're preaching to the choir, man. Yeah, it's funny. I know I am. It (laughs) It reminds me of, did you ever see that clip where he's on the Dick Cavett show? And uh-huh. Dick Kevin asks him about, um, he said, so, you know, some people are upset with you for doing the national anthem, you know, your version. And, and, and he's like, well, you know, I thought it was beautiful, but there you go. You know, and he was, he was kind of like blushing, but kind of like just saying, hey, you know, I just, I served in the military. I just, mm-hmm. it was just kind of this thing I did, you know, to kind of, you know, start the, and it was so cool. And exactly. And all I, all you see in that interview is, is him being so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm a big Hendrix guy too. And that's exactly why I love Hendrix is because he's just like, he can't help but just be himself. And, mm-hmm. and this is how he is. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah, me too. I'm drawn to people like that. And you and I have talked a lot about Elvis Costello too, uh, in our conversations. He's another oh, guy yeah. that just, yeah. You know, it, it, he's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, he's, he, he's definitely, if he's not my single biggest influence, he's definitely top three for sure, right? Yeah. There's no, I I've, I've, I probably have more of his records right here than anyone else's it. maybe. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's an interesting one because 
with him, there is more, or there has been, it, it, more of a facade at times. Yeah. And yet there's something that can't, he, he, there's no amount of persona or, pre, uh, you know, pretense on his part in terms of the way that he wants to project it himself that can hide the, 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 uh, I don't know, the je ne sais quoi, like the something that makes it, uh, that makes him great. Even when he was, you know, you know, the, the original Elvis Costello, with the horn rim glasses and the knock knees, right? And, and it was, was all sort of persona. The music still s- said it all, right? You know what I mean? It, it, when he opened his mouth and started singing and playing, yeah. all that falls away, right? And, you ha- and you're encountering him, right? Whether he, exactly. he likes it or not. Well, I think that's a great point because whatever, you know, his glasses or anything else... Um, when you listen to his music, you you hear the authenticity that right. is Elvis Costello, and and um, not only that, visually, like I, I, I'm drawn back to that SNL uh, mm-hmm. uh, situation where he was supposed to do less than zero, right. and he did Radio Radio, and it's like that. That's pretty fucking. That's a that's that's vulnerability still, but it's also just like that. That gives you an insight into him as a person. It's like. I'm not just going to toe the line and do this bullshit song that they want me to do. I've got some, something else to say, and this is my right. opportunity to say it. And so, but yeah, that's a great point. And, and I, I totally dig that regardless of, of whatever public persona somebody puts on or, 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 or visual persona, you know, if it's music that they're creating and you can tell in the music that they're being authentic, that's that's where the rubber meets yeah. the road. And it's like there's a connection that's made. Right. That it, yeah. that it, even despite your best in efforts to to disguise yeah. yourself or disguise. Right. Like your your the your true sort of feelings. It's it's hard to hide when you're when you're in front of a microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and if you've got something to give, uh, you know, people are going to pick up on that and you know totally. and, and then he, he yeah he's just the epitome of of courage as an artist right the ability to to reinvent himself over and over and over and over yeah. again and and i've just been you know artists like him or joni mitchell or yeah you know i'm i just love being along for the ride with them right like one record may not move me as much as the last one but i know that it's always I, it's always going to be something interesting yeah. Um, and true to 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 what it is that they're they're trying to you know put forth at that time, yeah. and so it's uh, folks like that they they definitely are are inspiring to me. Well, and I love it when I find out that artists are big fans of music in general. Like like Elvis Costello is just a big fan of music, yeah. like so mm-hmm. many different genres. And he had a show called Palladium, I think it was. Did you ever watch that show? Yes, uh, I did. Where he would invite two or three other yes. artists, and they would do like this kind of like in the round thing sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. that. And I love discovering about his love of music, you know, because yeah. again, like we, you know, when I was growing up, I just I didn't read a lot of magazines about the artists I loved or anything. I just listened to their music and kind of imagined what I thought they were like as people, mm-hmm. you know. And then slowly you find out what they're like as people. And like you say, oftentimes it's, oh, that guy's just a dickhead or whatever. Right, sometimes it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm all, now as an adult, I'm just always so um, 
happy when I discover like, oh, that artist is actually a a cool person, and they they're just a big fan of music or whatever it is. And so, yeah, it was really cool when I discovered more about Elvis Costello and his love of music and all genres for that matter too. I mean, I remember is, in the late '90s or early 2000s. This is right when probably around the time that I first got into him. He published an article in Vanity Fair, I think, that was like his top 5,000 records of all time or some ridiculous oh number. God. And it was just a catalog. It was just a list across every genre that you could think of. And I'd like to actually look. I'm sure you can find that online nowadays. I'd like to look it up again. And, and, and because at the time, you know, it was there were there were some deep cuts in there. Right. Things yeah. that it, I had never heard of and probably still a lot there. But it, again, it's just sort of a testament to the 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 depth of his his interest, right, in, in the topic. And even that is vulnerable, right? It's it's hard to it's it, it's a it's an act of vulnerability to to just say like I love this, right? Yeah. To, totally. To, to say I really care about this. Um and I appreciate I appreciate that. You know, his unbridled enthusiasm. That's awesome. Well like in terms of writing, do you do you go on fits and starts or, or spurts? Or are you pretty consistent? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty, it's, it's, it comes in waves. And I think for a long time I was pretty, uh, had a lot of angst about that. Um, when I was, you know, younger, definitely in my twenties and, and, and thirties some, but a feeling just really, if I hadn't written the song in the last week or month or whatever, then you know, the number of days was, feeling really like oh is that it i'm just a hack i right like why can't I, why can't i do this on on command but um now i i feel um, a lot more acceptance about it be and maybe it's just experience you know having to, to see over the course of two decades no yeah it'll come back around when it's time i'll yeah. you know and, and and it tends to come you know in in a rush too i um you know, it's not uncommon for me to write a whole record in six or eight weeks sometimes, right? Um, but that might be after not having written any songs for a year, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I trust it, I think, a lot more than I than I, I used to. I think I used to have a lot more anxiety about it. Yeah. Well, that's another, that's another um, good example of, of like other interviews I've seen with artists talking about writing, right? Like mm -hmm. Neil Young, I think said something similar. It's like, yeah, I mean, I can't force it. I, it just comes to, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, there's a certain amount of that. There's a certain amount of work ethic. And then there's a certain amount of like, Hey, you know, I have to be inspired, you know, to write something. I'm not just going to, you know, force this or something, but, um, yeah. Other artists, I think that I've seen interviews with are kind of like, yeah, it's like, you're going to go through patches where, you know, it doesn't seem like there's anything inspiring you or anything else, but you know, it'll come like you're saying, yeah. you know, and I think like we all kind of grow into acceptance of like, Oh yeah, that it's, I'm not dried up. I'm not done, but you know, things just aren't as prolific right now as they. Yeah. And those fallow periods are necessary too, right? Like they're part of the same process right. uh, is, is, yeah. is I think what I've found. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think you're right, though it's not just pure, um, you know, inspiration. You do have to work at it. And I think for yeah. me, it, it's the, the, what I, you know, have, am learning is just that 
to recognize the time when it is time to to apply myself and then really be deliberate about about it about kind of harnessing that that creative energy but not sort of forcing something that doesn't want to happen or that isn't ready yeah that's awesome and yeah i mean i think for all of us that it's just a maturing process that Mm -hmm. we because i'm in the same way like if i i feel like well shit i I wrote a couple songs but now i think i I guess i'm done you know like I, (laughs) i i got nothing else in the tank but but then something will come and then i'll get my phone and i'll Right. Create this, you know, I'll record this lick that is sounds so cool in the moment and mm-hmm. then, you know, put it on with a, a thousand other licks. I've got <laughs> but do you, do you, um, is your writing process pretty solitary for the most part or, or do you collaborate a lot with people? Cause I know you've got kind of a cool, cool, a recording and kind of a group that you play live with, you know, Sangster and, and those people. Do you yeah. collaborate a lot when you're writing or do you do you, is it pretty solitary and then you bring it to a group to kind it's, of finalize? It's pretty solitary. And, you know, I was thinking about this even just this morning um, or yesterday. I, You know, I feel like maybe that that's uh, something that's still out there for me to to learn how to to co-write a little bit more. And not that I have aspirations to be some sort of, you know, uh, song factory sort of uh, cog in that machine but you know there are friends of mine that I admire a lot and you know maybe or this may or may not be my destiny you know but I I feel like there's something there for me to explore that I haven't as much um it's it's always been hard for me to kind of plug into other people's creative processes or vi- and vice versa um when it comes to the writing now, when it comes time to, to arrange a, a a song, you know that's always been a very collaborative process for me. So my demos t- tend to be very, very skeletal and just sort of like these are this is the melody and these are the chords, uh, and and I don't embellish too much because I I know that I've you know regardless of whether it was in Red Jacket Mind days or or my solo records, the people in the room are so much more capable on their respective instruments than I would ever be. So I don't want to do, you know, tell them what to play or not that even that, I don't even want to suggest to them what to play other than I, what's innate to the song. Right. I want to hear what they, I want to hear their reaction. And so by keeping it really simple, I think I leave it pretty open for them. And that's, that's a really fruitful and rewarding part of the process for me. But the song itself, in terms of the basic structure, is usually pretty baked by that point. That's really cool because I, as you were saying that, I was thinking in my mind, like, I wonder how much, you know, when you, because um, that's that's kind of a, a brave thing, too, is to say, I mean, it's double-edged, right? Because you know these people are all great on their instruments, but by the same token, what they produce in response to the song that you've created could be something that's like it's not really what i'm hearing in my head or Mm. or, you know what i mean and so yeah have you do you encounter that sometimes or or for the most part is it you just surround yourself with people that you kind of you've grown to trust and know and and usually they're gonna nine times out of ten they'll come up with something that oh yeah that's it just makes the song you know yeah i think more you know it I think there is a level of trust and, and intimacy, really, right, with with the people that I collaborate with most closely that kind of it, it makes that pretty 
pretty rare um, that that what they would come up with or their their response would be so at odds with what I had in mind. You know, like I said, it is a collaboration, so certainly there's room for, you know, I love that, except for in this one bar, I'm hearing something different, or you're hearing that chord differently than I do, right? Or whatever it might be. There's still room for that, um, that dialogue. But I, yeah, I can't, I struggle to, to think of an instance where something was so out, you know, out of left field that it didn't, it didn't make it better. You know, that's, that's, that's really what I'm interested in is, is these people, they bring my songs to life. Um, it, they breathe life into them. And so, uh, that's all, that's sort of, um, that's, a, has that, that moment of discovery is, is charged with the same sort of energy that, um, the writing is for me, you know, That's when so you cool. hear, so, hear something kind of in full color, um, that there's nothing that beats that. It's amazing. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. And that's good to hear because I mean, and it's just a testament to the people you've surrounded yourself with too. I think that you're, you're all pretty like-minded and just, I mean, in terms of the way you think about art and things like that and, and the trust has been established so that, you, know, you feel comfortable that they're going to come up with stuff that's just going to make things better. I've been so fortunate, you know, I mean, all along, but, um, you know, and particularly in the last, you know, five, six, seven years that I've been making these solo records, I've just been kind of fallen in, you know, and, and, and it didn't happen overnight. You know, I've been working with Johnny Sangster, uh, who produces and records and plays guitar on my records. Yeah. I've been working with him since the Red Jacket Mind days, probably since 2011 or something like that. Oh, um, awesome. And then Daniel Walker, who plays keys, he was in Red Jacket Mind for the last few years. And so I've been playing with him just about as long. But then, uh, you know, on my on my solo records, I've, I've worked with Keith Lowe on bass on both, on both of them. And he's just an, an amazing sympathetic musician and just a really sweet and, uh, person, you know, I, and that hit, you know, his sweet, um, kind of like wondrous, uh, attitude. Uh, I think really, I, I feel that in the music and in his approach to, to the, to the bass lines. And then John Convertino on drums. I mean, just such an amazing listener. Um, and just, you know, there's a, there's almost, um, there's something sacred about that moment of creating together. It's, it's joyful, but it's also solemn. Right. And I feel like that's the thing that all, that all of these folks have in common is they really respect the music. Um, and, 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 and it, you know, I feel like I keep coming back to this today and there must be a reason why, but talk about something that gives you as a songwriter, uh, or me as a songwriter, uh, courage, right? When you have these just fantastic musicians that are treating your songs that you, you, you made and you think they're pretty good, but you know, you're also not a hundred percent sure because if you would, if you, uh, because who is, to have your music treated with such kindness and respect and uh and and then kind of exalted in this way right by by the by the combination of all these people's talents i mean if that doesn't choke you up i don't there's something wrong yeah. with you you know what i mean um uh, so that's been uh, that has been a really really um 
nourishing experience for me in the last few years, especially as I've been writing in a much more personal vein. Yeah. Uh, to have that, the music treated that way, uh, and, and realized in, in, in such a way, uh, it gives me, it gives me courage to go back and try and, and do it again, you know, or do, do more, do better. Well, and you can just hear it in the music. It's just thoughtful, beautiful. Like the, it's just, yeah, it's well, and just again, to plug you, your guitar playing is amazing and your voice is amazing Thanks, in these songs. And I'm not just saying that, like as a guitar player, I, I listen to it on with earbuds and it's just, it's just tasteful and beautiful and fits the song. And it's like very cool. So hats off to your guitar playing man well thank you that's probably johnny sangster that you're hearing well i think some of it's you i've seen you live dude so i know know you're playing i know you're playing some guitar stuff so oh yeah yeah no i I, you know i i you know i feel i feel so grateful to be able to to do this right you know I, i i've i've been i've been playing guitar now for about 30 years, I guess, but, um, I, I could have never dreamed it would take me where it has, you know what I mean? I knew I, I had to do it. I, you know, I, but if, if you had played that 13 year old that just had gotten an Epiphone Les Paul, you know, um, the music that I make now, I don't know what he would have thought of it. You know what I mean? But isn't that interesting? Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I just feel so fortunate to be able to have that outlet in, in, in my life and, and to still be engaged and inspired by it. Um, you know, even when I moved to Seattle in, uh, 2004, my playing was so much different, but by when I went to work at Emerald city and started meeting folks like you and lots and lots of other great players, I think that really made that, that showed me that I could kind of carve out my own style. Um, and I didn't just have to be really good at replicating other people's style, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just kind of keep following that thread and this is where it's taken me so far, but I, I really appreciate that, Rick. I, I thank you for, well, it's, for it's, listening. It's sincere, man. Yeah. And, uh, well, what are you working on anything new now, uh, material wise or, and other shows coming up or, or is it kind of just the 24th? And then I know you, you're, you're supporting your latest release. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot. Um, when I'm in Seattle week after next for this show, um, we are going to be doing a little bit of recording with that group. Um, oh, and, cool. and with the string quartet that's playing with us at the gig, they're, they're going to um, do some recording with us. So, There'll be some something that comes out of that. Probably, you know, I'm probably looking at releasing some more singles over the course of the fall winter time frame as things kind of be co- become ready. Um, I haven't started a new album project yet, but I kind of am starting to get the feeling that, you know, soon I'll, I'll have a sense of what to do with that. You know, I think I've just been kind of waiting, you know, there comes a time in each sort of cycle where you catch yourself, you know, when you catch yourself trying to, to write the same song over again, I'm sure you (laughs) have had that experience of like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, but this is, I've said this before, right? I've, yeah. Whether it's musical or, or lyrical or whatever it might be. And that's sort of where I've been at the last couple of years since I wrote the songs for the, Forfeit the Prize. I mean, I've definitely had little things here and there that I've been working on, but um, I haven't had, it, it hasn't sort of revealed itself to me yet of like, okay, no, this mm-hmm. is the direction. This is this is going to uh, point the way to, to uh you know uh, something that i haven't said before but i'm i'm starting to feel the the rumblings of that there might be you know that uh that that might be coming soon so i hope so i just got myself you'll appreciate this i um haven't even gotten it yet but i just uh have you seen these um rubber bridge guitars no so there's several people that make them. I, the, where I first started hearing about them was through this shop in LA called Old Style Guitars. Um, okay. And several, like, do you know who Madison Cunningham is? No. Oh, yes, huh? I do. She's amazing. So yeah, she she has one and she plays that oh. on some of her records. And Blake Mills, I think, is where he, he, oh. he I first started hearing about them. But you'll see lots of other people. Andrew Bird, I, I know, uses one quite a bit. And it's a pretty unique sound. It, it's a lot of times it's an old, um, like a harmony or a K or something like that, um, that is kind of tuned down to maybe in between standard and baritone, sort of like C or C sharp. And then there's this, there's a it, literally a rubber bridge that kind of get it. Um, it's sort of a muffled. It's like a, it's like a, a, the mute that would be on like a Jaguar or something like that. It's not dissimilar to that. So it kind of gives it, it it reduces the sustain and kind of produces this interesting sort of overtone. Um, I, but the builder that I got one from is called Waterslide, and they make a lot of like cooter casters and things like that too. Really cool, cool, interesting stuff. I just uh, I haven't bought a new guitar in a long, long, long time, and and that's because I I've, I've got a like more nice stuff than I know what to do with, you know. Um, but this uh, this one spoke to me, and I had to. I had to get it. So that's cool. I'm, I'm going to check those out. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It sounds yeah, almost like maybe there's flat wounds on the guitar or something. Or that's right. Yeah, right. and and that's I've been playing flat wounds for ex- pretty much on every one of my guitars for quite a few years now, and that's so I think awesome. this is just part of it's part of that sort of it it, it 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 fits well with with the way that I'm playing nowadays. But I'm excited to get it and see. You know, every now and then a new guitar will uh, will point you in a certain direction you know and and it may or may not be the the ticket this time but i'm excited to play it i love it well dude it's so great to catch up with you and i i I think we should do this again because there's so much more to talk about but yeah man anytime no i love it but um yeah dude it's great and i'm gonna try to go to that show on the 24th for sure oh man i I would love i would love to see you there that'd be awesome yeah but um we'll do this again and uh thanks so much buddy i love you and um i love you too man yeah it was great to talk to you man Likewise. Thanks, Rick.